0: Hello and welcome everybody to another brand new episode of the Geek Buddies! I don't like that intro. You guys should do another intro. All right, thank you, Venom okay i'm ready uh, Venom may know. have
1: had a point I'm
0: glad you, yeah i'm glad you got that <laughs> out of
1: you. uh well, welcome
0: everybody to another brand new uh episode here of the geek buddies we are uh, doing a, covered all the great stuff from the week of geek all the great news going on that we want to talk about and get into uh and uh let's introduce ourselves first i am the outlaw john roca writer producer and host here on the outlaw nation and also co-host of the geek buddies mike
2: i am michael vogel i'm a writer and producer of animated tv shows and movies including the all new strawberry shortcake on youtube and also a co-host here on the geek buddies <laughs>
1: shannon.
2: and this is shannon mcclung i'm an animation
1: writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on silicon valley brooklyn 99 and modern family and i am the final co-host of the <laughs> geek buddies
0: perfect uh, I'm having a little bit of root beer, normally Diet Coke, but root beer, so I might get a little crazy during Whoa. this episode, just letting you all know.
2: Don't drink and geek. Be careful, everybody.
1: You got to. <laughs> got to have the sugar.
2: Sugar! What is the, what is the
1: brand of root beer, Johnny? A&W root it's, beer, of course. Okay, I'm like, this is not a sponsor. Like, I'm actually curious. No,
0: no, no. Thing. A&W root beer. I love it. Uh, Mug is my favorite, but I like A&W
2: as well. Would have been um, a great, that would have been a great <laughs> sponsor, either. Like, John... What kind? What kind of root beer do you like to drink? Well, Shannon, I like A and W root beer, <laughs> uh, anyway. but I
1: only get it at the
0: Habit. Yeah, only at the Habit. I love the Habit. Um, uh, I don't know why anybody goes to McDonald's or anyplace else. The Habit is fresh food, and it's the, literally the same price. So, it just we- makes no sense.
2: I'm sorry. I don't commercials. Even- <laughs> Are we doing commercials and nobody told me? Did we get a sponsor and nobody told me?
0: Well, Anchor, are you listening? Uh,
1: Anyway. uh, Well,
2: (laughs) if you would use MailChimp, you would have known about this. Oh, God. Listen, guys. I'm not here for the commercials. I'm just here for the taste of it. Let me drink this Diet Coke. (laughs) Uh, and if you have complaint letters, you can send
0: them using stamps.com. Just put the stamp right on stamps.com and send them snail mail to us right now. Uh, anyway, all right, that's all the promos for us. Um, none of them we're getting paid for. Listen, we're, uh, we're going to get into things here. Thank you to everybody who's taken a chance on us for the first time. Really appreciate it, whether it's on camera here on the YouTube channel or on the uh, podcast feed. For those of you who don't know, we do have a podcast feed. We appreciate if you all would subscribe to that podcast feed. Get us get the numbers up on the podcast. They're good, but we always can do better and leave reviews as well, which Mike will tell you later on at the end of the episode. But just letting you know, it is out there for you. For those of you who come back every week, thank you very much. You all know how it works, but for the new people, uh, each of us presents a Geek News item in the first block, and we talk about it amongst ourselves, and we'll take a, bit of a, a little bit of a mini break, and then jump into our main topic. And today, our main topic is a spoiler review. Let me repeat that. Spoiler review of Venom let there be carnage so if you want to stop after we uh go to that break and and go and watch the movie then come back and listen to spoiler review. feel free and i also might break it out as a separate video for over the weekend so just letting you all know that's what we're
1: doing here on the geek buddies
0: um all right shannon i think you start us off am i correct
1: you are correct with trailers (laughs) trailers special trailers today we're going to be chatting the first looks at two new series both on HBO Max, and we have uh, the final look, the presumed final look for Dune from denny Villeneuve. And John, what are we going to be doing for Dune? Why don't yeah. you to let him know? Well, listen, we're going to try something new on the show today. We're going to essentially do a version of a live
0: trailer reaction. None of us have seen this new trailer, it dropped just before we we're about to record. So I convinced these gentlemen to do a live trailer reaction on the show. So we're going to watch the trailer along with you all watching the trailer. And we hope we don't get dinged. We hope we don't have to have a big arguments or discussions with with HBO or Warner or or Max and Warner Brothers rather, and make sure we're okay to go. So we're going to try it out and see what happens. And it's an experiment. And if I have to cut it out of the show, I'll cut it out of the show. That's the way it goes. Um, All right, Shannon, where shall we go first? Yes, we're going to
1: start. With the first look at the Game of Thrones prequel House of the Dragon, this is from Ryan J. Condell of Colony Fame, starring uh, uh, sorry Olivia Cook, Reese Withers, Patty Considine, uh, Matt Smith. Uh, really interesting. So this is actually the second spinoff of Game of Thrones. Mm. The first one that had Naomi Watts, uh, they filmed the pod, it didn't end up going. No one knows why. Uh, Naomi Watts has actually given interviews saying, she's like, it's such a shame that it didn't go. Um, Would love to talk about it, but I know I'm not allowed to. Mm. So this one actually deals 200 years before the Game of Thrones that we know, and it's all about House Targaryen, the, the dragon riders. So getting a first look at this trailer, it's interesting because, I can't remember, did it go off in 2019, Game of Thrones? yeah was it i think that's about right
0: yeah i still had the job at collider so 2019 yeah i would say 2019
1: so as most folks know the the last season of game of thrones did was not a huge hit with fans a lot of people kind of jumped off the ship at that point um however just getting to revisit this world um got me excited again i mean the production design looks amazing all of the silver silver blonde headed targaryens the idea of the dragons watching how the targaryens came to power um this looks like a really interesting uh really interesting trailer and uh gentlemen what did you think of our first look at house of house of the dragon
2: mikey uh i kind of had a little bit of the opposite reaction i love the world of westeros uh or i loved the world of westeros for a good seven and a half seasons, six and a half seasons seven seasons six and a half (laughs) six and a half six and a half (laughs) uh definitely not seven and a half but, uh, you know, I think that, that particularly that final season of Game of Thrones kind of was on a level of geek disappointments pretty high up there for me. I mean, it was after something that you loved watching so much that every, all of us so obsessed over, uh, the quick downturn in that final season um, and just the way it all landed really just left me sort of like I, I watching this trailer for House of Dragons. Am I going to watch it? Of course. Do I hope that it recaptures the magic of what we all had uh, prior to season eight of Game of Thrones? I 100% do. Do I feel a little bit of like geek PTSD when I watch this trailer? Yes, very much so. So like, it's almost like revisiting the world of Westeros is like opening a wound that I had closed. And I was like, well, now you're making me feel a lot of things and I'm remembering my disappointment and my frustration and my anger and my arguments with Mr. Roka about whether or not things were making sense or not. And it all came up for me. And uh, look, that's a lot to come up in a trailer. It's a lot of feelings. And so especially a one minute. trailer. It's yeah. a It was a one minute, a lot of feelings <laughs> for one minute. So I, I'm definitely curious. I want to see what it's all about. Um, I have been burned by franchises before and Mm. bounced back. Uh, So I'm hoping that's what happens here. Uh, So we will see.
0: Okay. I I liked the trailer. I'm with Shannon. uh, uh, It got me back excited for the world of Westeros, but... Michael might be right. This might be like that ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend you run into two or three years later is like in fantastic shape. Looks like they've gone to therapy or whatever. And you're like, why did I ever break up with that person? And then, you know, you spend a little more time. So we'll see if the season shows us why the reason why we should have stayed away from it. But one of the positives is George R. R. Martin is an executive producer on this. He co-created the show. It's based on his book. And we know that the reason it's people feel about the six and a half point is where they dumped off is where they went off the books. So having George being behind this thing having being part of this thing might be helpful shout out to him for being able to finish writing a whole season shout out to him to be able to finish something in the recent most recent few years so it's great to see that i liked the trailer i enjoyed matt smith in this thing liked his voiceover uh love that we're getting th- that iron throne looks badass with all those swords stuck in there in the ground so we're going back and and, the, and they're smart to do a prequel that it's set 200 years before anybody else we know Unlike many Saints of Newark, we don't have to sit there and worry about whether they can do the young version or, of these characters. We're completely moving away to to the, the, the um, ancestors of these characters that we got to know in the Game of Thrones series. So for me, that works. I love the vibe, the look, the overall. So for a minute trailer, I think it got me back into believing in the possibility. And Michael's right. I'm one of those that was on the train all the way until the last two episodes, last episode, really. Of season eight, when they You're, completely screwed the pooch,
2: I, but, I will give you credit. I will give you credit. Like yeah. we were on a train that was headed for a cliff, mm. and like each episode of season eight, everyone else was jumping off the train. Yeah. Like, nope, that's a cliff, you guys. I'm it's out. Fun. And you and you were holding on, and I like was. right before the train fully went over the cliff, you went, "I'm out," and yep. you jumped up. You did that roll right up to the edge of the cliff. Like Get <laughs> a movie. That was you. Yeah. I was like, mother ever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe, it was much- maybe it's like a roller coaster. The track's just going to go down. Nope, <laughs> the track stops. <laughs> It's an illusion. I'm telling you, it's an
0: illusion. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, but I think they've got the right people behind this thing. They've completely brought in a whole new cast here. You are getting the energy. It looks like we've got the House Tarly in there. We've got the Lannisters in there. We've got uh, uh, other people involved from, from the world of Westeros being a part of this thing. And are we going to get to that civil war where they call it the Dance of the Dragons? Are we going to get to that? There's rumors that we're going to get to that. So if we get to all of that, I think that's a way to kind of wash the taste out. I feel like HBO understands like, okay, we, we really messed it up with that. Let's get everybody back in here. Cause it's a lot of money to be made if we can get this right.
2: Well, I think, and you know, to Shannon's point about the Naomi Watts trailer that mm. the, uh, uh, the pilot that got shot, that didn't go. I think you're a hundred percent right. They understand that they had gold yeah, and it got tarnished. And so they are going to make sure that at least in their minds, Whatever this next part of the Game of Thrones franchise that comes out, they know they need it to hit big. And so in that respect, the fact that that other pilot didn't move forward and this one is going forward kind of makes me think, well, okay, at least they believe Mm -hmm. this is the thing that we need to get us all back into Westeros. So we'll see. Yeah, for sure.
1: And House of the Dragon is going to be coming out sometime in 2022 yes. <laughs> before that coming out in january of 2022 i believe is peacemaker James gunn john cena continuing where the suicide squad left off um today we are uh, earlier this week we got the first clip not a trailer but we got a clip and it's essentially um the peacemaker showing up at a diner where he's going to be meeting his team two of mm-hmm. whom at least two of whom were, were in the movie. Mm-hmm. I got more to say on this one. So I'll turn it over. I'll turn it over <laughs> to you guys first. What Johnny? did you think of our Look, first clip? Peacemaker? It's,
0: it's a great clip. And it made me immediately go back on the side of John Cena and Peacemaker. So as much as I may have hated him in Suicide Squad, the decisions he made, not the performance, because that performance was great. Um, I was back on board with him. Having an, a pet eagle in his car. I mean, that's, that's effing genius. Uh, but I thought it was so funny that he's got to sit down and take shit from a, uh, a you know, from a, a nerdy guy who's going to make a cosplay joke. Pal, know your role. Know your role. I am the good-looking guy in great shape and the American warrior. You're the fat dude sitting behind a fucking desk typing on a computer. You're going to make fun of me? That was ridiculous. So I like that you've got this dichotomy working over here. You're going to make a cosplay joke at my expense. Uh, There's no way there's not a rent fair in that dude's background. So I love that. And, and um, the actress, I forget her name, the actress of the blonde from the movie, um, they just got uh, Jennifer re- Holland. Jennifer Holland. They kind of released that they were to get Her and JJ Abrams have been together for a few years. I like James, her energy. James Gunn. Oh, James Gunn. Sorry. I like her energy. <laughs> I got little, that guy's mixed up. And I like that. I like her energy and I dig her as one of the point people on this thing. So I like the vibe from the clip completely. Um, and so I'm in. I'm I've I was already in, but this makes me even more in to know it's gonna be this kind of banter and this kind of back and forth, which I imagine they were kind of using Suicide Squad to launch in a way that style because you saw it in the movie sorry mike
2: uh you know, tbd on this one too like uh, this one is all like i thought the i thought the clip was solid uh it made me laugh having an eagle named eagly is seems very in the peacemaker uh wheelhouse yes. <laughs> um I'm just really curious about what this story is and how they make me care. But, like, like obviously they understand that Peacemaker was not the hero of Suicide Squad. I mean, he very intentionally was not the hero of yeah. Suicide Squad. Right. So choosing to do the spinoff series, and I think we said this when it was announced, like, choosing to do a spinoff series around this character is, okay, I think he's funny. I mm-hmm. think John Cena does a good job in this role. But... Am I really rooting for him? Am I not rooting for him? Like, what is this story? Is this story full satire? And I'm not quite sure. Uh, You know, I trust James Gunn. Mm. Uh, I think it's really an interesting choice. And I mean, everything in this trail, in this clip, definitely reaffirms the things we know. Like, they are making fun of Peacemaker. They are not trying to turn him into some big hero. He's got an eagle in the back of his car. Dude is kind of (laughs) whack. So I think that knowing that and knowing that that's the tone they're going into, I'm definitely really curious. Um, but I'm also not 100% sold that this character can sustain a whole series on his own, but I would be, but I'm really excited to be proven wrong. Like I definitely trust James Gunn and his aesthetic and seeing a James Gunn aesthetic on a series versus a movie, I think is going to be a lot of fun. So I, I I, like, I'm, I'm very pro James Gunn while at the same time being very, uh, unsure about Peacemaker as a character to carry his own series. Sure.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. Um, As someone who has never been a big fan of John Cena's uh, acting work, Mm. um, I did think he did a a, a pretty good job in The Suicide Squad. He's the part of this uh, clip that I liked the most. I mean, I think the idea of coming in in this bright red and white... Red and white costume with a with a reflective helmet. Um, I I think that that's really funny. Like all of his line delivery, I thought was really funny. Um, The rest of the humor, the the, oh, do you have a dog named Doggy or daughter named Daughter? I thought those jokes landed with a thud. They're supposed to though, aren't they? No nerds
0: nerds can't make jokes. (laughs) I disagree.
1: I disagree. (laughs) I think those were supposed to be funny. Uh, It it reminded me of Guardians Volume Two, the whole the fruit isn't ripe joke. Oh, okay, Um, that's fair. Ooh, this is this is kind of rough humor. Like, get fair. out get out of this scene sooner because I'm actually into what you're giving me right now. Um, Steve Aggie, who I do think is a funny performer, because he's so he's kind of so larger than life. Like, he's he's a really big dude. Um, I don't think he needs to work that hard for laughs. And the whole do- the daughter daughtery. That's what I got. I was just like, oh, this yeah. is this is already too much. For me. And again, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Um, but again, the, the, the thing that I would worry mm. about the most when the series was announced, John Cena is the thing that has me worried the least. Mm.
0: All right. Okay. Interesting. I like yeah. that twist. I like that turn. Um,
1: yeah. So um, now we're going to, and that's January of 2022, but now we're going to the final trailer mm. of Dune, which is already out internationally. It's going to be coming out in the U.S. next Friday um and now we're gonna we're gonna do our first little what uh watch along is that what you call it Johnny yeah
0: live trailer we're gonna do a live trailer reaction essentially doing live a trailer, live trailer reaction. in the show uh we will play the trailer with the sound and uh, you're gonna get three of us uh, reacting to it authentically let me take our brand down so you can see all three of our faces once I share the screen and you are gonna get to experience the trailer with us as we see it for the first time here is the first uh the final trailer rather for Dune uh coming out very very soon and uh, oh, let us uh, let me uh, stop the screen there. Let me share it. I'm sorry about that. I forgot to hit the audio thing. That's always important to hit the audio. There we go. Share the tab, the audio. And boom. All right. Are we ready? Let's ready. do it. We'll do let's do this. Let's do this thing.
1: The outsiders ravage our land. Ooh. Their cruelty to my people Ooh. is all I've known.
0: Look, that's a determined face if I ever saw one.
1: So you're oh, going tomorrow? Badass. Yes, I'm going tomorrow with the advanced I'd like you to take me
2: with you. <laughs> this movie is going to look so sure, good. Like... Oh, yeah. Look at
1: scene? that. Holy
0: shoot. <laughs> I've been having dreams. About a girl. Wow. Falling in battle.
1: <laughs>
0: Felt like a vision. <laughs> Shannon has these dreams sometimes, I think. Dreams make good stories. But everything important happens when we're awake.
2: <laughs> oh. I'm like a think different the future if, of House Atreides. If you've read the book, I already feel like they're like actually not like delving connection. into these characters more and bringing them to life even more than there they were no in the book, call. which we is like what answer. you want. There is no yeah. faith that we betray.
0: I wish I could grow a beard like that.
2: Human, brutal. Oscar I'm Isaac grows a great that. beard. <laughs> I wish I could make out with that beard. My <laughs> son. God, he is so beautiful.
0: Yes, don't disagree.
2: I love like the dragonfly insect kind of design.
1: Yeah. I yeah, I have a lot of questions for you guys after this.
0: That's my, that's one day before my birthday. No.
2: Oh! The that's, that's, that's what I feel like some mornings all. after being up too
1: late. They're picking my family off one by one. Uh. Only together. Can we stand a chance? Let's fight like demons.
0: Dude, I'm always just so good at these things. Oh, really? Who said that? I wonder who said that over there.
2: I mean, just the scale of this movie. Yeah.
0: It's already doing well internationally, so you hope it follows suit here in the States if it's actually excellent. And I'll see you on Monday, too. Ugh.
1: Yeah. Oh. Wow. The fear is
0: gone.
2: <clears throat> this is only the beginning. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, a little bit of a tease. Wow. What are player, your, Shannon what are your uh, what are your questions Shannon I'm curious okay so first uh well one I thought it looked
1: great I mean the yeah. the the scale the 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 epicness I mean I think it looks incredible and I think it, it'll be fantastic on the big screen um two questions you guys mentioned the dragonfly design is that how it is described in the book or was this a creative choice that they made for the movie
2: I do not remember hmm. specifically uh, it's been a minute since I read it but like I I feel like this is more. Um for the movie. I feel yeah. I feel like I, I don't in my recollection and anyone in the comments can absolutely tell me I'm wrong here. Right. I don't think that the ships and the design of ships and the specifics of certain things like that went into a ton of detail. Um but I could be wrong. I mean, I know that, like, he and his mom uh, do spend a lot of time in the ship. There's, like, a big escape sequence. Like, I remember a lot of the moments where the ships, particularly the smaller ships that they're flying around on Arrakis, are pretty are pretty essential to the story. But I don't okay. remember them being described insect-like. But, again, please, in the comments, correct me if I'm wrong on that.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. when they are fighting with blades hand-to-hand and you see that moment let a blade makes contact and they're sort of like – it almost looks like their molecules get rearranged for a second. Is that – is that – like training, fighting, or is that real? Is that how combat works in this universe? Uh,
2: there you can. They're shields. Uh, okay, but, but, it, okay. But but a, a good part, not all of them. Like if when you see them all fighting in battle with all those soldiers, like they are in battle, and those are shields. But there is a, there is a whole, and again, we'll see how close it sticks to the book.
1: Yeah. The
2: whole like first hundred pages or so of the book are Paul Atreides uh, training and you sort of meet each of the main characters as he's training before they all take off. Like when you're watching the trailer, when it's like the the water and the green planet, that's where the Atreides lived mm. and they're getting ready to go to Arrakis, which is the sandy, uh, Dune kind of planet. Mm-hmm, um yeah. it, it looks really awesome, and I mean, and if you do know the book, and I'm not going to get too into spoilers here at all, uh, so don't worry. But if you do know the book, and you know that this movie is kind of the first half of the book, like where it where it's going and where it ends, I mean, this is going to be some shit's mm. going down in in this movie. Like it is, it is, yeah. it is going to be intense, and the scale of the trailers definitely looks like they've captured this in a way that other versions of Dune have not
0: yeah i think this is my favorite trailer that's been released for sure it's so epic in scale there's so much happening within it uh and they really leaned into the war aspects of of the of the story in this trailer you know we already seen some initial reviews on it because it's been screened at festivals people are getting it overall they're giving it these incredibly glowing reviews there some other reviews that have been like oh you get a little bit lost in the mythology and all this kind of stuff so we'll see where most people fall but it's doing well already internationally and i think that last line from zendaya is is works on so many levels when she says this is just the beginning because remember this is supposed to be split into two separate movies so a second installment is still yet to be filmed uh and funded by warner brothers for Denis villeneuve so this one has to do well for them to fully fully commit to doing the second uh, uh version of this so i think this is a great trailer to get you this is a perfect final trailer that gets you into the world they even changed the meaning of that interaction with him and momoa when he's like yeah, these things, yeah, dreams are nice, but the real things happen out there. It's almost like he was ball busting him before, but from the different angle in this trailer, he's more like telling him, "But you know, dreams are important, but real life is where you really show what you can do. Almost of an inspirational lesson teaching moment rather than a ball busting moment. So I like that kind of switch and approach. We get more Oscar Isaac, a little less Rebecca Ferguson, uh, and overall, and great stuff with the ships, which we didn't get a lot of in any of the trailers. So nice to see them tease the ships mm-hmm. as well
1: so i was incorrect it does not come out next week it comes out the following week so yeah it's october october 22nd yes
0: yeah. yes I'm, I'm seeing it monday uh here in san diego at a screening and i hope it's excellent because i really I do like
2: think it. the fact that it opened internationally first is good mm-hmm. as far as for people who are hoping we get the second installment which Agreed. i'm one of them yeah. just because they've already sort of proven before we get into the weird streaming and in theaters and how's the box office going to be and is it because people didn't like the movie or they watched it on hbo max or before we get into all of that we already have like strong box office internationally Mm -hmm. so whatever happens here is hopefully great as well but if it is sort of gets lost in the shuffle of where we are with our rollout of movies here uh you can still point to the international box office and be like look no people are going to see this thing so okay there you go i'm excited
0: yeah me too any uh, all right so if, if you guys uh we're gonna clip this out possibly so uh if you have any comments you want to let us know about the trailer let, let us know in the comment section below remember to like this video and share this video and follow us everywhere where the geek buddies are on social media and follow us everywhere where we are on social media as well and we'll do maybe another live trailer reaction some point down the road as we go on
2: I feel like it's just me talking about who I think is hot and just going ooh and wow and awesome a lot. Yeah, well,
0: if you have one more thing to add, but, I mean, I, but I if you're like... here, but if you're
2: here for that scintillating content, you come join us. There you go. There you go. Great <laughs> way to end a live trailer reaction. First one ever here on the
0: Geek Buddies. Uh, there we go. All right,
2: Mike. Uh, we're going on to you next. What do you got? We are well. If Peacemaker is not your thing for superhero streaming, don't worry, Disney Plus has got your back. Uh, They just announced that there will be a WandaVision spinoff uh starring katherine hahn as everybody's favorite uh which agatha harkness it is in development uh for disney plus with jack schaefer who was the head writer on wandavision coming on to uh write and executive produce this project as well mm. um so that's about all that is known about this at this point but that's enough to get everybody really excited uh you know like marvel's decision for the most part, with their Disney Plus series, is they were kind of one-offs. Like when WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier came out, they were both sort of staged as we're not doing multiple seasons. This is a one and done kind of thing. Loki and What If were the only ones that were uh, two season shows, and we're not quite sure what's going to happen yet with Miss Marvel or She Hulk or Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. So although this isn't necessarily a second season of WandaVision. Um, If you're doing a spinoff with Agatha Harkness, you are definitely still staying in that WandaVision kind of world Mm -hmm. and that world with witches and everything else. And I think that uh, this series uh, being in development is 1000%. You can just thank Katherine Hahn. I think that Marvel sort of knew they wanted to introduce Agatha Harkness in the Wandavision story, and I think that Agatha Harkness could have been a really gr- a really good character that they really enjoyed. But Catherine Hahn coming in and doing what she did with that role definitely elevated Agatha to an entire new level uh, that set her out to become one of the next big either big bads or big good bads in the vein of Loki for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so I think everyone who is a WandaVision fan is thrilled about this news. What do you guys think about this? What do you think the show might be? What are your guesses?
0: Sure.
1: I mean, you know, agree with everything you said. I mean, uh, Catherine Hahn elevated that role. I think the way kind of RDJ elevated Iron Man. Um, that, you know, coming mm-hmm. out of WandaVision, like she was such, I mean, the, the show got so, so much awards, uh, awards nomination love. Mm-hmm. And Katherine Hahn was one of those performers. Um, I think by and large, uh, did the did the movie going public? No, Katherine Hahn, maybe, maybe not. But, uh, you know, she was certainly well known amongst like the industry people. Mm-hmm. But right. now coming out of this, everybody knows Agatha Harkness. Mm-hmm. And coming out of WandaVision, that was you know, such a big hit, like the, the, the first Marvel show out the gate, um, wanting to continue that story, but knowing like, well, we can't really do that again, just because the MCU as, a, as an overall story is moving forward. We can't really justify going back uh, to Westview and doing TV again. But you take the character who you still have on the board that is Agatha Harkness, that is a, if you want to continue that story, that's the way to do it. And it's Hmm. super, super smart. And as Vogel said, I mean, it's, it's, she seems like a a ripe character to be an anti-hero that you get this, this magic user who is played by such a charismatic performer. I mean, if you live in California uh, at the Oogie Boogie Bash at at Disney's California adventure, they have Agatha Harkness hanging out right now. So I, I think this is such an incredibly smart move. And uh, I bet the show is going to still stay in that comedic, that that darker, darker comedic vein. That would be my guess right now.
0: I think this is a no-brainer. Um, she was such a phenomenon coming out of the show. She almost eclipsed wanda and vision on the wandavision show with what she was able to do for and we're revisiting them now for the stereo show that i do with the lady ella we just watched the first four episodes for this past weekend show we're going to watch the next three again for this weekend show and getting reacquainted with the show again you just kind of enjoy seeing what she can do katherine Hahn episode to episodes first time re- i'm re-watching it since i saw them for our reviews And it's just a joy to sit back and relax and watch her work episode per episode and her nuance and her, and how she grows in terms of um, the role as it goes along and why. And so she does an incredible job. And yeah, Shannon, you're right. She's been known for most of us who follow actors or watch actors in the industry. We know her, but the general public maybe seen her as a character actress or whatever. Um, But this is the thing that really announced her. So what are you going to do with this now? I'm excited. This makes sense. However, the Jock Schaefer thing of this kind of makes me a little worried. I don't mean to be the turd in the punch bowl, but it makes me a little bit worried here because they didn't stick the landing. A lot of people were upset about the finale. And look at this. I mean, she's written Olaf's Frozen Adventure, which got a lot of crap when it came out and the hustle, which wasn't that good. So handing her this series to do i mean i think she did a good job for the most part in one division but that ending didn't do so well but 23 emmy nominations really paper over any of the cracks so she deserves to shot to kind of see what she can do with this character and remember the last time we left her she was in westview under the spell so who's going to break the spell who's going to come in and make something happen and this also speaks volumes to the fact that they think this is going to be a bigger character moving forward in the MCU right. than maybe they had anticipated when they first put her in this and cast Catherine Hahn. So although I may have my reservations a little bit with Jock Schaefer and the way she stuck the landing and some of her other projects, I think she's earned the right, just like Malcolm Spellman has to go forward with Captain America Four. she's going forward with this and we'll see what she can do with this. But if this kind of doesn't land hit the landing as well, we have to start looking at the fact this could be a JJ Abrams situation with good start, can't quite end these things or can't quite land these things. Well, we shall see.
2: All right, a couple of things. First sure. of all, let's talk about Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Okay. Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Let's talk is about it. Not Jock Schaefer's fault. If you actually watch that, I'm gonna just defend this for a minute here. If you actually watch it in the way okay. it was intended to be watched, which is a 22 minute special, which you should watch on TV, it's great. Okay. That thing, that thing got screwed because. Uh, John Lasseter decided to put it before Coco for reasons that nobody can figure out. And when you go in and you think you're going to watch a seven minute short, at minute 20, (laughs) you're like, when the fuck is this thing going to end? I don't know if that's true, Mike. I love Frozen. I love Frozen so much. I love Frozen more than anybody. I was in that theater being like, oh, this is uncomfortable this needs to end this stop. It. No, I know. I know that there's another song and I can't like, it's uncomfortable. And, but I have had people watch it when we've been like, just like decorating the tree at Christmas time. I'll be like, let's put this on. They're like, Oh, I can't. And they watch it. And they're like, you know, it's actually cute. It is actually a lovely little short. So I will, I will back her up. I will defend I, Arendelle on that. front. You def-
0: can you defend the hustle? I cannot defend that.
2: hustle. <laughs> <laughs> But with sure. Wandavision, but with Wandavision, look, I mean, did sh- did she and the Wandavision team 100 percent stick the landing? Um, probably not. I think that it's not the mo- it's not the best part of the entire series, but it is a far cry from some of the issues that JJ Abrams has had. And it's also overall, I would say Wandavision is a stronger show than Falcon and Winter Soldier is throughout. Oh, uh, so yeah. Think that, I would agree I with that. I think that you have to say that whether or not the giant epic marvel battle at the end of wandavision was 1000 perfection mm. they gave us 90 percent of that show is just gold so i think she deserves the credit for the gold that we got in addition to saying okay maybe you didn't get that ending perfect
0: yeah well also the monica rambeau story wasn't handled at the end as well as it should have been i think that's a a, a ding on that show as well but i agree with you michael i think you're absolutely right i think it's certainly better than the overall effect of falcon and winter soldier falcon winter soldier shot pretty high and as i said in our reviews if you shoot that high you really better hit the target or it's going to be a hard landing and certainly a lot of people now in retrospect do not like that as much as they did when they were watching it so but like i said I think Jack deserves it. So sorry, uh, Shannon, if you were going to say something, apologize.
1: And well, I mean, to the to the point of the hustle. Just to like, I have no love of this movie, but <laughs> the hustle being pre-WandaVision. Uh, whenever a movie doesn't necessarily stick the landing, or a, a television series doesn't necessarily stick the landing, especially when it comes to Marvel. It's, you can't entirely lay that blame wait, at Jack Shaper's. You can't
0: street. kiss her ass and for her successes and not call her out for a film. Come on now, you
1: gotta. be I'm, I'm, I'm not kissing her ass. I'm not kissing both her, ass. Ass. Not kissing her ass. ass. Hold on. Like saying. the hustle, she was the she was the credited screenwriter on on, yes. on that film. Was she the only screenwriter? Probably not. And also, the, there's a director involved in there too. Like there's a lot of people. There's a lot of a uh, lot of okay. cooks in the kitchen, and especially with Marvel. Like if you're that, she's, she's not the showrunner. She is the head writer. Mm -hmm. So if something does not necessarily land, I don't think you can place all of that blame on her, but that's my, that's my personal. Michael,
0: would you like to chime in as a showrunner?
2: Yes. Although (laughs) although I will say that strawberry (laughs) shortcake is probably, not quite as stressful as doing a marvel show like wandavision That's i'm just fair. gonna put that That's out there fair. <laughs> uh no i do well so i think to by Shannon, the way to i'm not hustle, denigrating her i'm just putting it no, out no, no, there no. that there's another point of view to possibly take i, I think i think actually the, the i think the only reason that we're sort of like honing in on this is because mm-hmm. overall i th- i think that when we say wandavision didn't necessarily stick the landing i think that if every show in WandaVision. If I thought that every episode, episodes one through eight, was a right. eight out of, an eight out of ten, then maybe the finale was a seven seven and a half out of ten. Like it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like we're talking about the end of Game of Thrones here. It's not right. like WandaVision one true. through eight was so percent. good yeah. and then the ending just shit the bed. So I think when we talk about Jacques Schaeffer's failures, I don't know that I would classify the finale of Wandavision on any level as a failure. Well, I, think I, that, I never used I think the word that,
0: failure. I just said reservations is all I said. But go good yes. So
2: I I'm just saying I think <laughs> that I, I don't call them failure. I'm yeah. just saying that I think that when we talk about it, like I think that it, Wandavision not sticking the landing perfectly, it still hit pretty hard. Like it was pretty mm-hmm. solid, I think. And yeah, and like, look, I think I think that the uh the Quicksilver stuff not my favorite thing in the world that they did. I think the Monica Rambeau story didn't land great. I think I think that there's definitely its issues, but I think it still ended pretty strong. And I think that to Shannon's point on the hustle, and I think that this is, like not every not everyone who listens might know this, but when you look at like the way the industry works, definitely movies are a director's game. Like there are mm-hmm. screenwriters on every movie, but once you get that movie in a director's hands, movies tend to be director-driven. Like they're going to change that story, they're going to do what they want to do. And on the TV side. Traditionally, um, the writers are much more in the driver's seat than directors are. The reason that she's not the showrunner on Marvel, and we did talk about this uh, a couple months ago, is that Marvel has made the decision to run their TV shows somewhere between movies and TV, so that the directors have equal footing with the writers. So there, it's an interesting dynamic. So that you, you know, like that, it's not the same as like a Shonda Rhimes show or a Mm -hmm. JJ Abrams show. That it is much more of an equal thing. So uh I not this is not to say that I'm defending Jack Schafer or saying that we should blame Jack Schafer for anything I just think that the whole nature of the way the Marvel shows get made is really interesting and so everybody yes. on Marvel's team should be applauded or criticized that's fairly I think that's
0: a fair point to make yeah it's a very unusual way to make television for sure now, where the sh- where even the showrunner has to answer to an overall executive producer of a franchise or brand so that's a, that's a fair point to, to make for sure. But, you know, I've had some issues with some of the stuff she's done and some of the storylines in one division. So to me, it makes me a little hesitant. But maybe this is, obviously, this is a young writer as well. So learning as, with each project and hopefully getting strong, Certainly, you can argue getting stronger project to project. So hopefully uh, uh, Agatha will be another one where she really kind of brings the full breadth of her experience and knowledge to play here. We shall see. Um, and if you don't
2: like it, and if you don't like it, blame Mephisto.
1: Good point
0: uh, all right, so we move on to our last, and we are we are going fast on this one. or we're going long on this one. So let's move on to our last <laughs> one. And speaking of someone uh, that we might have some problems with, uh, Dave Chappelle is getting a lot of backlash, and we should talk about this because we've never shied away from talking about LGBTQ stuff on here. It isn't just all nerdy stuff. We also talk about the stuff like this that pops up, and Chappelle, who is a, fav- a favorite of the three of us, I would think, is a stand-up comic, um, he is facing backlash for his new special that just dropped on Tuesday of this week called The Closer. It is his sixth and last special that he is doing with Netflix for a while. He makes a point of saying that throughout the episode or throughout the special, rather. But uh, there are a lot of people coming forward, a lot of organizations coming forward to chastise him and to rightfully call him out for some of the stuff that he said on the show. It is being described as transphobic, as uh, homophobic as well. And um, it, and uh, he went on to defend J.K. Rowling. He went on to defend. He called himself a turf. Uh, He he bragged about beating up a lesbian in a bar. Uh, There were all kinds of things that were really troublesome here. And the Glad, uh, uh, the Glad, the the leaders of Glad spoke out about this on Twitter. Uh, Leaders of the National Black Justice Coalition spoke out about this on Twitter. People who uh, work at Netflix spoke out about it on Twitter. And people who create shows on Netflix, like Jacqueline Moore, who is the showrunner for Dear White People on Netflix, spoke out against these comments and these Jokes uh, by Dave Chappelle, and I'll read real quick, just real quick. Glad said, "Dave Chappelle's brand has become synonymous with ridiculing trans people and other marginalized communities. Negative views of viewers loudly condemning his latest special as a message to the industry that audiences don't support audiences don't support platforming anti-LGBTQ diatribes." And we agree. David J. Johns over at NBCJ uh, con the Move said, "It is deeply disappointed that Netflix allowed Dave Chappelle's lazy and hostile transphobia and homophobia." to air on its platform. And Jacqueline Moore, who I just mentioned here, said, I, loved, I love so many of the people I've worked with at Netflix, brilliant people and executives who have been collaborative and fought for important art. But I've been thrown against walls because I'm, quote, not a real woman. I've had beer bottles thrown at me. So Netflix, I'm done so some really strong and i'll go to michael first obviously on this one as being our resident uh uh gay okay, host a, i'll say that as, <laughs> a, as our resident homosexual
2: homosexual i'm gonna <laughs> go over to mike
0: vogel <laughs> Mike over to you no but like these are pretty strong comments and these are pretty strong statements and you know it's incredible that we're now in this world where writers and creators and executive producers are not afraid to speak out against their own studios against the people signing their paychecks when these uh, uh, issues arise so I, I find that to be fantastic but what do you think about these reactions and what do you think about the the comments that Dave Chappelle made in the show.
2: Here, here's what I find interesting. So usually, it, usually when stuff like this comes out, and uh, and Johnny had sent us this uh, link to mm. the articles and said, "Hey, this is something we should talk about." And so whenever anything like this comes out, and I read, "Oh, everyone's upset about some things that somebody said," I always try and go to the source and see for myself what it is because right. I want to. Yep. I want to be able to put it in context, like like when people say, "Oh, he said this thing." Is it? Did he say it in some huge big way? Was it just an aside comment? And so I like to see the actual. Source material, like I said. Uh, so I went to go watch the special, um, and I was like, okay, well, I'll just I'll just fast forward through. I'll, I'll I'll try and get to the part where he's talking about the gay stuff. I want to get to the the one minute or the two minutes or the one the one bit he does to see what everybody's talking about. And it's about a ninety minute special, and of the ninety minute special, I would say conservatively seventy minutes, probably more, mm-hmm. is either about gay people or trans people. Mm. So, now, I know what Dave Chappelle, what he was doing was, he's been accused of transphobia, of being anti-gay in the past in his acts, and this final act, the closer that he did for Netflix, was kind of his, in his mind, his final word on the issue. He was yeah. like, I'm gonna do this thing where I got, I dive in and kind of go through all the stuff. Um, it, it was hard, it was hard to watch, I'm not gonna lie. It, it was like, first of all, I believe that, look, comedians can say what they wanna say. Uh, I I think that censoring comedy is hard, but if you don't like what somebody thinks is funny, you're allowed to say you don't think it's funny, and you're allowed to say that you don't feel comfortable about it. And there was something that really rubbed me wrong about somebody coming out on stage and saying, hey, I've been accused by so many people. The entire trans community, the gay community, they keep coming for me. Everyone, every time I meet a gay person or a trans person in public, they tell me that I'm transphobic. They tell me that I'm gay. So let me do a 90-minute special where I double down and make fun of gay people and trans people to try and prove that I'm not transphobic <laughs> and anti-gay. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of his jokes just really did not land for me in a major way. I just felt I, I felt really uncomfortable, to be mm-hmm. honest. And I feel like... I was, I think because I was expecting what usually happens where a comedian makes one off color joke and then Twitter kind of sometimes maybe while correct in that it being inappropriate kind of blows the whole thing out of proportion. Mm. This was like, dude, your whole act was this. Yeah. It just was kind of, it, it left me feeling kind of gross, to be honest.
0: Okay. Uh, Shannon, what did you think?
1: I mean, I did not get that far into it. Um, so I, I love an interview with dave mm-hmm. Chappelle, i think dave Chappelle um is a really intelligent guy mm-hmm. and, and like his, his point of view on certain things um are definitely not my point of view and so listening to him sort of explain his positions again in an interview format i'm like oh this is really thoughtful like i i have seen some of his stand-up before as you guys know i i'm i'm, I'm a bit uh, a delegate with my comedic sensibilities um if things get a little too blue i kind of naturally start to check out because uh, you know that's just that's just my personality. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get past 20 minutes and it's like yeah this is touching on a lot of stuff that uh yeah that that, that makes me makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I I won't besmirch like look if you want to watch it, hey it's there for you to watch. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Um but but it's there and even mm-hmm there were moments I feel like he was even sort of acknowledging in that first 20 minutes um, that I think, I don't know if it's, he thought he he's acknowledging the fact that he went too far or just kind of prepping the audience. Like, guess what? I'm, I'm going to go further. Mm-hmm. Because by and large, the first 20 minutes, you know, he's getting laughs. Also, this is edited, but he's getting yeah. laughs, but they're all, there are at least for me, I, I, I thought a few moments of like, Ooh, from the audience um so yeah man i mean it's 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 unfortunate because a lot of comedians view their job as being provocateurs Mm -hmm. and like we we have to we have to push the line that's what the art demands yeah um I, i think it's just a shame that certain marginalized communities can be affected so negatively off of someone's art
0: yeah i mean i think that's I think that's the con- the confusion I have inside of myself because, you know, remember during the eighties when Eddie Murphy did his thing and he used the F word to describe his interaction with homosexuals, when he was called out on it, he apologized. He apologized recently when they put it up. He said, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't use those words at that time was the words we were, you know, and that we've got to create space for people to apologize, to understand, to look back. that We all change. We all progress. Our society has progressed. You rarely hear that word in films now and in TV shows now. And when you go back and watch some of those TV shows in the 80s and 90s or films, you hear that word all the time. And so it's like, we've changed. So, you know, he was willing to do it. This was Dave doubling down on this when there was an opportunity for him to maybe do some self reflection and come back out with making jokes at his expense and at other people's expense. And he was trying to, in essence, say like, well, black people still have it worse because of this. And when he said that he makes a joke about how gay people were kind of trying to trap him in the middle of dinner or something into make, into making these comments or making some angry comments. And when he got upset about it, they called the police and he said, it's funny how gays think they connect with minorities until they realize they're white can call the cops anytime they want i thought that was a bit off base i thought that was a bit off base and i think a lot of what he said was a bit off base here because his point of his specials are always to ask the audience or the general public who's watching to do self-reflection to do societal self-reflection he must also do some self-reflection when he's called out on these issues, or else why the fuck should we do any when he's calling us out as a society? And I think that's important. And I mean, us, everyone, like whatever yeah. color, whatever age, whatever uh, orientation you are, that's you, that, I feel like that's the deal you make with a comic. Uh, and if a comic is is wanting to call a societal thing out, they must also explore themselves. And so I don't feel that that happened in this special, and that's unfortunate. And uh, considering his last special about George Floyd, I thought was incredible and brilliant and really hit the mark it was very disappointing to see what we saw last night uh, or what i saw last night rather when i watched the special and so uh mike i am I'm, I'm in your camp on this it, it felt really uncomfortable i didn't understand it it felt out of place and out of step
2: well and i think two things i want to say two things and then we can move on because yeah, i know we got to yeah. talk about venom Two, and god knows i can't wait to talk about <laughs> venom but um but i think two things one another thing as i was watching dave Chappelle's act that i was Thinking, look, Dave Chappelle makes a lot of jokes about the black community. Yes, obviously, does. Like, that's a big part of his act, and they're really funny. Like Dave Chappelle is really funny when he sort of comments on the black community and the black experience. Mm-hmm. If a white comedian said any of the stuff that Dave Chappelle said about the black community, oh my god, that would not look great. Yep, that would not go over so well. Right, but similarly, Dave Chappelle, who is a cisgender straight man making a lot of the jokes that he was making about the gay and the trans community is equally as inappropriate. A gay comedian, a lesbian comedian, a gender non-binary comedian, a trans comedian can get up there and say a lot of shit Mm -hmm. about their community that they can say uh, in a way that it wouldn't have come across in the way that it did with him. Now, that being said, that's not to say that straight comedians can't talk about gay and trans issues. Uh, I think we maybe have talked about this before on the show, and I'll say this and then we'll be done. John did a few years ago at Comic-Con, you did a five minute stand up set.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: um, Which we should all pay money to see online. (laughs) No. But uh, but like it actually sparked a conversation about comedy and the nature of comedy and what's Mm. appropriate in comedy today. And somebody was like, well, you know, can, well, can we make gay jokes? Can we do this? Can we do that? John didn't ask this. Another person in our group asked this. And kind of my comment about it was like, as John's best friend, who's been his best friend for 20 plus years, if I was sitting in the audience supporting John's show, and he got up there and started making a bunch of jokes about how uncomfortable he was around gay people or how effeminate gay people are, or any number of things that Which I did do, by the way. Which which, which John absolutely did not do. But (laughs) if he had done, if John had gotten up and done (laughs) any of the things that like Dave Chappelle had done in his act that's currently on Netflix, as his best friend, I would have felt really alienated. I would Mm. have felt really uncomfortable if John had gotten up there and gone, let me tell you what it's like living with a gay guy. (laughs) this guy saved my life when I was gonna go on a date and he made sure that I was dressed appropriately because God knows, like there is a way that you can tell jokes and have really humorous interactions with a gay, a a straight guy talking about uh, accidentally swiping right on Tinder and then finding out the person is trans and the conversation he had with the trans person and Mm. how awkward he felt. Like there's ways that you can actually find humor that isn't at the expense of somebody. That isn't. Let me tell you how ridiculous this lifestyle is. And I feel like Dave Chappelle has not progressed past that, and he hasn't yeah. understood that that's what people are upset about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any final words on this, uh, Shannon?
1: No. Okay. No, that's I think really I, I, I think I think Vogel said it. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I think so too.
2: Listen. Let the let the homosexual. Let the resident homosexual <laughs> the resident have the final word.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let the resident homosexual. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, there you go. All right, well. Um, the special is out on Netflix. There's little calls for it to be pulled, and uh, of course, because we wanted to talk about it, we watched it. So uh, some other people talking about it who haven't even watched the special, and I think we should get a little bit of credit for having watched it, so we can talk about it in context. And hope you all who are watching it appreciate that uh, before you say any negative comments in the uh, comment section about our opinions on this whole situation. Uh, all right, let's take a quick little break here, and then we'll jump into our Venom 2: Let, Car- Let There Be Carnage. Spoiler review. Remember, if you have haven't seen the movie this is a spoiler review we're gonna blow it for you uh all whopping 90 minutes of it uh and so uh do stop now and go watch the movie come back or you know get ruined get the movie ruined for you we we will see uh we'll be right back right after this
1: Venom let there be carnage was a movie it had music I don't remember any of it
0: it was better than cats I will see it again (laughs) and again (laughs) <laughs> oh, did you
2: did you speaking up? Did you hear? Did you hear about the Andrew Lloyd Webber got a dog?
0: What now?
2: And, 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 why and, is Andrew he still Okay. Andrew Lloyd Webber, wait. Hold on. What are you doing? I don't what know happened? what happened. This happened something. Oh. All right, we're fine. My dog is uh attacking me right now while well, we are recording, so he probably wants something. Um and he's unplugging wires. Um, No, Andrew Lloyd Webber got a dog And he took it on an airplane And he needed to get it approved to be a service dog And they said that they needed a uh, letter from his doctor To say it was a service dog And he said he got the dog Because of what the live action Cats movie Had done to his show And that he needed it And that he needed it to cope And they allowed him on the plane With no medical letter necessary (laughs) Ah!
0: (laughs) That makes so much sense I may, I may need to get a service dog for what Venom Let There Be Carnage did to me. That's for damn sure. Um, all right. So we're going to jump into our spoiler review for this 90-minute sequel to the original Venom film that uh, came out in 2018. Made $850 million, 850 million plus dollars uh so certainly uh, they they want to do a sequel here sony smartly so they replaced the director Ruben fleischer and brought in um uh, uh, uh andy Serkis to direct this thing uh, uh and they uh, they brought in naomi harris to play shriek and returning was of course tom hardy as venom michelle williams is and uh i forget dan's name the dude from veep uh he's Reed back reads disc
2: Dan from Veep. That's Dan from Veep. Yeah, Reed Scott <laughs> back as well.
0: Miss Chen was back as well. Um, uh, Stephen Graham was back as the detective. I think Mackenzie's name uh, and they uh, and Woody Harrelson back as Cletus Cassidy. This was very much the focus: Venom and Cletus Cassidy, Venom and Carnage going at each other uh, and uh, having a final battle in a church. All right, let's start real quick. Overall thoughts, Michael. Let's go with you
2: uh thanks john um i i think clearly this movie is made for someone this movie is making money it is people and there are people that are enjoying the hell out of it and having a great time Mm -hmm. and as we always say if you are one of those people i am happy that you had a good time I, I, am, I am on board with you enjoying this movie, and just because I don't like the movie does not mean that I begrudge you your liking of the movie. Absolutely. That being said, <laughs> boy, I did not like this movie. Mm. Uh, I I did not enjoy the first Venom, but I do think that the first Venom, it, it almost felt like the first Venom was trying to be something yes. and fell flat. And I felt like this movie wasn't even particularly trying. Um, I know a lot of people who enjoyed it say they really loved that they leaned into the silliness and they leaned into the buddy comedy dynamic and they leaned into the ridiculousness of the movie. And for me, all of that was the stuff that wasn't working. And so this movie really did not work for me. Um, I-, I felt like I felt like we also were getting not that I particularly wanted the movie to be longer, but I felt like we were getting the cliff notes of a story. Like things were just jumping so fast from one situation to the next situation to the next situation that I feel like we didn't really get a chance to sit with characters, get to understand motivations. Like things were just like so uh, rocketing towards this big confrontation at the church at the end that I was like, okay. And then there's the post credit sequence, which we can deal with separately because there's a lot to talk about there.
1: Definitely.
0: Shannon, overall thoughts?
1: um it would be a goopy symbiotic thumbs down for me (laughs) um I also was not a big fan of the first Venom movie but I also remember when we went to go see the first Venom movie Mm. in a very crowded theater that overwhelmingly the crowd really liked it I mean the crowd was laughing the crowd was cheering um Vogel and I went and saw a matinee of it last week um and the crowd was pretty rowdy for, for a 3.30 movie. By the time the movie started, everybody shut up and they were glued, they, you know, their eyes were glued to the screen a couple of times. Like I, I chuckled once or twice, but mm. for the most part, I was like, yeah, I'm just not, I'm not into this world. Like this movie, this movie wasn't made for me. The movie was made for all the people that were really responding to it. I mean, there was a moment where I, Venom called Dan a pussy. And it got such an uproarious laugh, and I'm like, that's not, it's not a good yeah. joke. Like, there, it's just, it's just a guy calling uh, another guy a pussy.
2: Yeah. Like, I
1: was like, I don't, I don't see where that, la- I don't get where that laugh is coming from. But at the end of the day, at least it was shorter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was looking at my watch kind of the whole time, and I do think the carnage. I thought carnage looked cool. I mm-hmm. was like, oh, this looks. That looks pretty cool. That looks neat. Um, outside of that, like, this isn't even the type of thing I would put on to have playing in the background. It was like, I'm just, I am not emotionally connected to this. And, and this is not the fault of the movie. But a lot of times, you know, we watch trailers, we watch marketing for something, and we start to kind of make our own movie in our heads. And with anything with Venom, I mean, minus the Spider-Man, lack of Spider-Man connection, um, I'm just like, why was this not a horror movie? Like Mm -hmm. Venom should have been like, this is the ultimate Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde story. Like how come they didn't go this way and said they went this way. Mm -hmm. So ultimately I know it's not for me, but there's probably going to be, um, another sequel after this based off the box office receipts.
0: Yeah. More than one sequel. That's for sure. Um,
2: I do say, I will say Michelle Williams gets, deserves like, I, I don't know what award you give her, but like when she was on screen, I believed everything that she was doing. Right. Right. Like 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 how, how she in the middle of this movie of just over the top ridiculousness and like acting for the af, acting for the rafters performances. And she came in and was performing and I was like, how are you this grounded mm. and real as you are luring venom out of Mrs. Chen? Like, what? <laughs> like, how are you doing this right now? And so that I will I'm going to give her all the props.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say this. I, I think I I went in hoping there would be a better movie than the first one, but I agree with Michael in that that first one at least took some swings. This one took no swings. This one sat there and was like, let's play this as safe as possible. Let's lean into what people said they loved about the first one, which was the jokes and Tom Hardy and Venom or Eddie Brock and Venom having their interactions. And let's just make that movie that. Let's not worry about plot. Let's not worry about any logical beats, story beats, any logical character changes. Let's have Shriek be a big, big villain, totally uh, uh, kidnap Anne, and then all of a sudden have a random change of heart right at the last second. Nobody's going to fucking care. And the thing is people, crow, and there are people I respect in my, in my sphere who are crowing about this movie, and it just is my, like, I know the Transformers movies are throwaway shit. I know that. They're just fun for me. But people are like saying, this is the greatest romance ever in comics or in comic book film history. This is, this is, this film does so many things that I love. It's like a great comic book movie. Uh, I I even saw my friend, William Bibiana, who I love to pieces. I'm not calling him out here, but because we had a back and forth on Twitter, he said, this is a film about, about saying polyamorous relationships are, are, are okay. And I'm like, there's no fucking way that was the point of this movie. There's just no way that was the point of this movie. And so, over and over again, I was hoping that this would have some connection, and it was terrible. In a post-Black Lives Matter, post-Me Too move, uh, uh world, you're going to create a character like Shriek, and you make her a lovesick puppy to, uh, to uh, Carnage, who is constantly being told to shut up by... Uh, Carnage or or to Cletus Cassidy, she's a lovesick mother to Cletus Cassidy and Carnage, which is essentially an extension of Cletus Cassidy. Cossey tells her to shut up. You're telling the woman to shut up in the movie. It is so crazy to me on so many levels because of when she says anything. It kind of, I know why they're doing it, but still the optics of it all just seems so stupid. So, well, so
2: let's. Let's break it okay. down for me, because like we could okay. all just sit here and bash the movie for thirty minutes, and I don't I was, know that that's. I was just good trying to lay anybody. my points out. No, like, no, no, no. Your your points are valid, and I don't disagree <laughs> okay. with you. But I think like in trying to, aside. Plus, well, she has no backstory.
0: Like, she has no backstory. There's maybe seconds of a backstory. That's all. For, I'm
2: fair. Uh, but I think that when you're breaking down the movie, I mean, so here's here's clearly what they were going for, and when you are making a movie like this and you're trying to figure out what our movie is going to be and building it out, like you know, you can see what they were going for, which is at the beginning of the movie. Eddie and Venom are not getting along. Like, right. they they are not they are not simpatico. Venom wants to eat people. Eddie's like, you gotta eat the chicken. He's like, I like the chickens. I don't want to eat the chickens. I need to eat people. And it's a big debate, and they don't really see eye to eye. Right. And then you, Cletus gets the symbiote in him when he bites Eddie, and he becomes carnage, and you're like, okay, well shit, this is gonna go down. And at about that time, Eddie and Venom split apart. Yeah. And Venom's like, fuck you, I'm out. And then Venom in a move that will forever confuse me goes to a rave and gets covered in glow sticks, right. which was really the point in the movie where I just started texting my friends. And I was like, I am watching venom too. He is at a rave. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I was like very confused, but like then the whole point of the movie and the whole thing with shriek is that by the end of the movie, venom and Eddie are as different as they are realize that they work well together. And that the car, the re- the shriek piece that they're using is that carnage has no desire he tells shriek to shut up right. but Cletus loves her and right. so like it was the, it's the fact that they are not really a true symbiote in that they don't get along but Eddie and Tom, but Eddie and uh, Venom are the romance for the ages and really are the same. So like now that is all lay, I'm all laying that out to say that in a movie that is about a man who has a symbiote. And to Shannon's point, Venom being the ultimate comic book version of a Jekyll and Hyde story and Carnage being an extension of that, starting with let's tell a story about the two sides of this symbiotic relationship that think they don't work together, Mm. but then at the end really do come together because they belong together is not a horrible movie. Yeah, agreed. Totally agree. Like, from that beginning level of this is what we want Venom yeah. 2 to be, yeah. you go into the room and you pitch, this is what we're going to do, and the ultimate point of the story is that Eddie and Venom belong together, whereas Cletus and the symbiote do not, and that is why Venom will always be Carnage. If you went in and pitched that to anybody, you're like, that seems like the right way to go. So it's like, you watch the movie and you're like, at the very base level of what this movie is supposed to be, I actually think that's a good story. And having and even having shriek as this love interest for Cletus that Carnage is not into. But then having Michelle Williams' character there to be both Eddie and Venom kind of are cool with her. Like, you're kind of seeing what they're setting up as this whole thing. I just think the execution of it Mm. and the execution of Eddie and Venom and why they're really like the reasons that they're not getting along and the reasons that they're fighting are also sort of surface and silly as Venom is like cooking and all the things going on that you don't really get a chance in a 90 minute movie to delve into like what's really going on with these. Like, the most, you know, Venom kind of just says, I was a loser on my planet. He makes a lot of jokes. He sounds like Cookie Monster. But, like, had they really delved into some of this stuff? I think there could have been an interesting story here. Right. They just didn't really choose to delve into it.
0: Yeah, I think that's the frustrating part for me is that, yeah, uh, the bones were there, but then you see that the film feels, feels like it was cut up to shit. Like, let's get out of this scene. Cut that scene. Let's get in here. Let's get it So that when you're seeing the story play out, it's not connected. There's no reason he should be at a rave unless we're unless we're showing that venom is going on this self-exploration like this is all happening for a reason and we get to dial into that and connect to that but we don't and then him making that speech is completely unearned it's a great speech and i appreciate and totally support the content of that speech but it is not what he's trying to say in any way shape or form or, or the film at Rattler hasn't earned the right to say those things in that moment he's just randomly there and then he's only cool because they're all kind of accepting the fact that they don't know that he's a symbiote if they knew was a symbiote they'd be running screaming at the top of their lungs and at the end of the movie where he supposedly accepted that everyone should live together and be together and be cool with each other Eddie says to him you can eat everybody I don't care and he goes okay cool." So in essence he learned nothing and the speech was for shit because he's going to go kill people anyway so if these are the things that i just to me that i don't the fuck they were thinking and i'm mind blown by people who are telling me this is a well-written movie this is a well-constructed comic book movie because it really fucking isn't even the cletus cassidy stuff they blow he's a one-note character there's not much going on he's a villain the biting of the hand thing is ridiculous too. Like, oh, all of a sudden that's going to happen. Eddie's just going to put it. And they literally said, don't come near him. Don't do whatever. But Eddie puts the recorder there anyway. There, there's no difference between three feet and six feet. If you've got a real damn recorder, and he does in technology nowadays. And one last thing. I was to like, But uh, one last thing. The frustrating part of this all uh, as well is the Michelle Williams thing you brought up, Mike. This nerd fantasy that you can be a complete fuck up and this beautiful lawyer is just gonna always be lovesick for you is ridiculous. Okay? It was ridiculous. Eddie is a loser since the first movie to now. And if she had any self esteem or self worth, would we'll get the fuck out of that situation. And of course, they made. Uh, uh, Dan from Veep be the guy who she doesn't have necessarily the strongest connection to, but he's safe. He takes care of her. He's good to her. God forbid a guy be good to you and take care of you. No, let me go with Senior Fuck Up, who's one second away from me and broke all the time. Never cares about my feelings. Messes with me. Let me go be with that guy. Like, it's just such a ridiculous fantasy. I wish we'd get rid of that nonsense. Just like Aquaman. Get rid of that nonsense where you can be the idiot bro and the beautiful woman is just going to keep coming back and checking on you. God damn it.
2: Well
1: <laughs> Eight bit he off just, he just
2: he just dived. <laughs> I do think I mean like I like a thing that I wonder about is, and again, I feel like this oh, movie played, I feel like this movie played Eddie Brock was just playing Tom Hardy was just playing Eddie Brock as a I'm annoyed at venom Yes. like he he ostensibly was trying to break this Cletus story. Uh, To kind of get his name back into the papers to sort of like, you know, redeem himself Mm -hmm. But that's a very surface want and it's hard to understand like again in delving deeper. It's like This experience with the symbiote and I'm gonna try and delve deeper into something that I don't think goes very deep but this experience with the symbiote in the first movie kind of fucked up Eddie Brock's life Mm -hmm. If he wasn't fucking it up already, but like his life kind of got completely fucked up the police are suspicious of him things aren't going good so he's doing the cletus thing in the plot to try and get better but we really know he's just doing the cletus thing because we're excited to get to carnage right and so the real bigger question is like what does eddie brock as a character feel about where his life is at what is it that he really really wants how does he want to better himself and like if it if you had even played more of that i'm trying to get my shit together for michelle williams like i'm yep. trying to get my apartment cleaned up i'm trying yes. to do things like but that like there there been sort of and, yes. and and that the symbiote was moving against that. Like there are other things you could play that again support the movie that's there. So for people that like the, mm. this was a movie about uh th- like this this kind of bromance between uh the symbiote and Eddie is great. Like I don't disagree. Yeah. I think that's yeah. good territory. Um, but I think that there there's del- there's more you can delve in there. The other thing on the Venom side of it, on the symbiote side, and I think this is a Sony problem, is that they can't really decide if they want venom to be an anti-hero or a villain who wants to eat people so they're just kind of keeping him as both and for the first movie that kind of worked but by the time you get to the second movie it's like well which way are we going like what what about is it does the symbiote the symbiote is like a vampire think of it like a vampire like what we love about vampire movies is some vampires Give into their desires and are like, fuck it, I'm just gonna eat people. And some vampires are like, I wanna be a better person and I'm gonna try not to eat people or I drink goats or I do whatever. And Venom is kind of the same kind of character, but they're not really choosing one way or the other. It's like they like the joke of, I wanna eat people, but they also want him to be the hero at the end. But then he's like, fuck you, I wanna eat people. And so it's like, I just think if we're gonna continue with Venom as a character, (laughs) let's let's have both he and Eddie actually grow as characters. I I guess is the long and short of what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Shannon, we've talked long enough. What do you have to say to install?
1: I mean, the movie was 98 minutes. (laughs) That's, 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 that's the, the, the most positive thing I can say about it. But again, for, for everyone that liked it. Awesome. Like I, I hope that that checked off all the boxes for you. I hope you had a great time. Um, And at the end of the day, you know, there's something for everybody out there. It just wasn't for me.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and and yeah, and uh, for all the criticisms, like what you like, always going to be an advocate of that. Like what you like, uh, but now I get to say to anybody who likes those Venom movies, yeah, but you like the Venom movies, just like you all have been saying to me for years, yeah, but you like Transformers.
2: So that, now that I get should that should solve the argument, John. Now, finally, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you figured out. I'm glad you figured out how to diffuse that debate. <laughs> finally um, um no, should we talk yeah, about, yes oh, i was ahead, just Shannon. gonna
0: say that yeah go ahead Shannon. yeah
1: yeah i was i was gonna ask about the post credit scene um it. going into it the results of that post credit scene are the thing that i feared yes. was i didn't want venom to be introduced into the mcu i was like ah, like clearly peter's going to be involved somehow uh that's what all the you know the scuttlebutt has been um but knowing now that it certainly seems like uh he is now in the mcu proper kind of bums me out because it's just like okay what do you do with this mishmash of a character i mean Mm -hmm. you know what feige might be able to get it under the umbrella and be like all right this in this universe this is how we're going with him this is Mm -hmm. what we're gonna do um it's it's going to be a very curious next few movies to see if he has any involvement in no way home and the results of whatever the last movie on Tom Holland's uh, contract is supposed to be, because I think the extension was for two more movies, Spider-Man No Way Home being the first, and a second uh, TBD.
2: Mm -hmm. Mike? I am fascinated to know kind of those bigger level conversations that go on between Sony and Marvel, because it is a complicated relationship that I think will lead to some missteps along the way because I think that Sony in a way has Marvel over a barrel like they've got Spider-Man and they have no intention of letting him go Mm -hmm. and so whenever Marvel is like well we've made Spider-Man cool again uh, and we want to keep doing stuff with him Sony's gonna be like okay but you have to X Mm -hmm. so when I here's my reaction to I don't think that Venom is just in the MCU proper now i don't think that venom is just part of this world and the worlds are combined and right. that the sony movies and the mcu movies all match together because i just don't think that works for either side mm-hmm. i think that sony doesn't want marvel's complete over involvement in all of their spider movies um and i think that marvel doesn't want all of those characters running around in their universe so i don't think that's the case do i think venom it may be showing up in no way home Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there's a chance that what we saw in that end credit sequence means that as much as we're going to get Doc Ock, probably the Green Goblin, Electro, maybe Sandman, uh, most likely some other Spider-Men, it is the perfect time to say, hey, the multiverse has invaded. This is part of another universe, mm-hmm. he can show up too, and we know that everyone's gonna lose their mind because look at the Venom box office. Right. So I think that might happen, but just like I don't think that Alfred Molina and all of these other characters are in the MCU to stay, right? I think they will be in this movie for the whatever the fuck happened that Doctor Strange did, and then by the end of the movie, in some way, shape, and form, will Peter will Peter Parker exit the MCU for a while and be in his Sony universe before he finds his way back? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Will he just get rid of all the villains? Maybe. Um, but I don't think that I also think that there's a chance that we might not see Venom in No Way Home. And all the post credit sequence means is that Venom is now lurking in our universe somewhere so that the next movie that comes out, he'll be lurking around and and Tom Holland will show up, but not really affect the bigger MCU at all. So I think that like I think those are the two most likely um, Maybe I'm being hopeful, but I don't think that all of a sudden uh, Eddie Brock is going to be jumping into lobster tanks in the MCU proper and uh, eating all the lobster.
0: Yeah. Well, this is his last film for the contract, Shannon, just to answer your question. Spider-Man No Way Home is the last part of the contract because he had re-upped for three movies, which included Avengers Endgame. And so Spider-Man No Way Home, it, was, it included two appearances in one, or it was two solo Marvel movies in one appearance. And Endgame was one of those appearances. And then uh, uh, No Way Home uh, is the last one. So it's Are you going, sure? Yeah, I, I just looked it up. If you guys want to look it up uh, as well. That's what I see here is that he hasn't re-upped yet for a new contract. And these are all 2021 articles from July and August that he hasn't re-upped for a new contract just yet. So it's so maybe they're setting this, uh, with, this um, as, uh, with this end sequence or end scene, whatever it is, post-credit scene. They're setting up the fact that, well, if it doesn't work out, he just goes and becomes Spider Man in Sony. And they've created, because nothing says they can't still have that universe um, without having those characters cross over into the MCU. They can still be technically part of the MCU, but never appear in any of the MCU movies, MCU movies proper. They could do that route. um, But we know uh, what Michael Keaton showed up in Mobius so it's all kind of intertwined in that way and Spider-Man was on the wall so Spider-Man exists in their world and I feel like wasn't Venom going to like he says when he sees Spider-Man in that end credit scene you know like oh that guy you know so clearly he's had interactions with Spider-Man in some version whether it's Tom Holland and Spider-Man or not there's been an interaction with Spider-Man. So.
2: Well, maybe. I mean, uh, he also like says, it. well, he says in that post-credit sequence, this is getting nerdy for a minute. Sure. Um, but Geek Buddies, what yeah. what he's talking about with Eddie is that he's kind of talking about every all the secrets he has and everything he knows and Eddie's like, well, mm-hmm. "What secrets do you have?" and he basically says, "When you're a symbiote uh, and your race has lived for as long as we have in multiple universes, you learn a lot because right. just the symbiotes just like the Borg or any other oh, geeky yeah, collective." Good if one knows, all of them know. Right. And so, if that's true, go with me here. If the symbiotes all have a shared collective knowledge, and the symbiotes exist throughout the multiverse, mm-hmm. and we know that the Jake uh, that the um that the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies are also part of a multiverse because those characters are showing up, yeah. that means that Topher Grace's Venom symbiote exists mm. and ostensibly that symbiote should be connected to the uh to the tom hardy symbiote because all symbiotes have a collective knowledge a fair point. so it doesn't necessarily mean that this symbiote in this venom movie mm. has an experience with peter parker okay. but it means that this symbiote recognized a spider-man or a peter parker because others like the topher gray symbiote in another universe have dealt with him that's fair and that is my lecture on symbiotes in the <laughs> multiverse today <laughs>
0: Thank you for coming to this lecture. Shannon, have you found anything different than what I said?
1: No, you, no you're No, you right. According to all yeah. the 2021 articles, because yeah. I thought, and, and clearly I was wrong, but uh, after Far From Home, that they were, Sony was pulling him, like he wasn't gonna be in any more Marvel movies. I thought that he had signed an extension for two more movies, mm. um, a Spider-Man 3 and a TBD. So clearly, according to this, I'm incorrect, but that is what I thought.
0: Yeah. There was a lot of confusion around that because it was one movie and two appearances. A lot of people thought it might be two movies in one appearance. So it was just like all kind of confusing part of it. But clearly, we're going to see what's going to happen. And obviously, the response to it will be interesting. And if they're going to renegotiate a new contract afterwards, what that's going to mean. I think they're probably waiting to see how people respond to this to see if they... what Because uh, what, this is going to happen in what, December? It's coming in December. So we're, we're mm-hmm. right around the corner from this thing coming out. So it's going to be interesting to see how... They announce contract uh, re-ups or whatever, depending yeah. on how people respond. I have you? Yeah,
2: I don't think that Marvel wants to let go of Spider-Man. Is a <laughs> or, Tom popular ca- really? or Tom Holland, Or Tom Holland, hugely popular character. But they do have a lot of movies coming out. Mm. They have a lot of projects. We know the Fantastic Four is coming. Yeah. I mean, there's a world where No Way Home means that. Peter Parker gets lost in an alternate universe and has no way home. And he spends two or three movies dealing with Venom and Mobius and anyone else. And then the Fantastic Four and other people come into the MCU and eventually at a key moment in Avengers Forever or some movie that's coming down the line that we have no idea about... Uh, Tom Holland shows back up and Peter Parker returns. I mean, there's stranger things have happened in comic books. And we are now in in phase four of Marvel in an area where with Celestials and Eternals and gods and multiverses and everything else that we've got going on, like anything like that, uh, it's not it's not unheard of.
0: That's that's a fair point. We're going so far out that some things on the ground have to be sacrificed. And certainly, although Spider-Man was in space for Avengers Endgame, he's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So maybe he does stay. And that's a great point, Mike. He stays, builds out that world a little bit, has a little fun for a couple of movies or three movies, and then you bring him back in the audience. Reaction when he shows up will be like a monkeys in a zoo. So it,
1: it's, it's a smart move. It's a smart move.
0: On your left, hey, it's Spider-Man
1: uh all right well all right. i did yep. i did find i did find an article that corroborated okay. what i said okay that uh this from? is from this is from the direct and this is december okay. of 2020 got it um That it said, last year, behind-the-scenes debacle debacle ensued between Sony and Marvel regarding the rights of the Mm fan-favorite hero, ultimately leading to a standstill. Eventually, though, the two sides agreed to a new deal, which covers two more films for Holland's web-slinger. This includes the aforementioned Spider-Man 3 and a mystery Marvel movie. Oh. So, but that that was uh, almost a year ago, so Mm. clearly, stuff's changed.
0: Okay. Fair enough. We'll see what happens for for Tom and if he shows up in another one or not. Um, All right. Uh, That's it from us here on The Geek Buddies. We hope you enjoyed that spoiler review of Venom. We'll probably crop this out. And if we did crop this out for Venom, let there be carnage. Please let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments section below. Hit the like button as well and share it on all your social media and follow us on all our social media. But for those of you watching the whole show, Shannon, what do we have to tell
1: yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies, on Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. and If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says.
2: Mikey? Um, if you like my two resident straight friends here or the resident homosexual (laughs) which is me uh, we would like to continue doing what we're doing and we could use your help Uh, so go ahead and smash the like button below Uh, subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page there's tons of great content uh, from tons of people a bunch of stuff from the Geek Buddies a bunch of our spoiler reviews for What If and other shows Uh, got more stuff coming up we're excited to be spoiler reviewing Hawkeye Mm. Uh, when that comes out if you have any thoughts on anything that we talked about today and how could you not uh, (laughs) let us know below and leave us your comments on what you think of everything from the dune trailer to the Agatha series to Dave Chappelle to venom let there be carnage Um, and other than that the best thing that you can do is if you are listening to us on anchor or Spotify or Apple podcasts leave us some stars leave us some comments and if you are watching us right here you can go ahead and retweet this video share it with your friends tell everybody how much fun you're having here with the geek buddies
0: (laughs) and uh don't forget uh, if you're watching this when we drop it uh we will have announcements coming soon for our live spoiler review episode of what if for the final episode that dropped and the uh, review of the entire season. We'll have conversations about the entire season. We don't know yet who we're going to be able to book for that, but we will be announcing it. And we're looking at possibly this Sunday. So just letting you know. So we'll make an announcement soon on all our social medias about it. All right. Thanks so much for watching this episode. And we'll talk to you next time for another brand new one here from the Geek Buddies.
1: <gasps> hey!